What is up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Producers Podcast, the first episode of 2023. I am John Simmer, the producer for The Morning Show and The Players Club, and I am joined once again by Kevin Kisner, the producer of Stokely and Zach. What's going on, man? Dude, we're back. We are. We're back. We had uh, had to take some time off rearranging new studios and redoing all those and reconstruction and all that. So we thought, hey, let's just take a break for a minute. Yeah. You know, and then the holidays hit. Right. Everyone was out of town. KJ was out of town. You know, people were taking time off work. We're like, let's just start fresh in 2023. But, dude, I'm back. And we got so... We got exciting news in Broncos country. I'll say that. Yeah, we got we got a plenty to get to, and uh, yeah, just like you said, we're in fans Joseph style. We are back, and um, we're back. the Broncos just finished up, wrapped up the first season um, with Russell Wilson at the helm at quarterback, um, getting a last uh, last game. And just, do you have any thoughts in the season finale against the Chargers? Anything that really stuck out to you or blew you away? Uh, well, first off, Russell Wilson's deep bomb. Mm-hmm. I mean, he threw a lot of bombs to to Jerry Judy, but the one where he was going to his left yeah. and launched it about fifty yards, looking yeah. like Troy Tulowitzki out there. Yeah, I thought was uh, that's the play that stands out. But I, I think Justin out and Colin plays. There was some creativity. Surprisingly good. Yeah, I mean, the, their opening drive for the Broncos, they went down and scored. That was probably the most creative drive the Broncos have had all year. Right. And and, and, and it was like, where has this been all season long? Right. Maybe Alton should have been calling plays. Well, that and that's kind of what I was going to get to is it, it was so shocking because for what, 80% of the season, we were just thinking like, what does Alton do? You know, he's he's the offensive coordinator by title. He gets skipped over. For Clint yep. Kubiak, when Hackett makes a change um, or just stops calling, uh, giving up play calling uh, duties, and then you know Jerry Rossberg, Jerry Bear takes over, and then all of a sudden Outen is in there, and it's just it's like the offense that we expected to be ran the entirety of the season. Exactly, and you know you really look at it like we mentioned creativity, but mm-hmm. what what was Outen doing? He was kind of focusing with the tight ends. I mean, he talked about why they haven't been playing Albert O in all season. Mm. He's like, well, he's he's this body type, and Sobert's this body type, and Beck's this, and Dulcich is this. We can't have two of the same body type. Dude, which if makes it, sense. Which I'm like, okay, but if... To an extent. If you got really good players, play your best players. Right. Play, play your best talent. But, I mean, dude, Outen called a really good game plan. Mm-hmm. And they the, the Broncos looked really good, and Russell Wilson finally looked like the Russell Wilson that the Broncos hoped for when they made the trade for right. and paid him two hundred forty five million. Yeah, and that that play um, that you you talked about that Russ throw to his left and just launches a, a missile downfield to Judy. That was the play too, where um, I've been pretty doubtful. I haven't been as high as a lot of people on the station or in Broncos country, that rust can be fixed. I was a little more hesitant to, and still am, I guess, a little bit to, to just be like, oh, yeah, rust can be, rust hasn't lost. Um, you know, most people, I've heard it, rust has lost half a step, not a full step. Right. I would say he's probably lost a step. But after I saw that, 
that was probably the most encouraging thing I saw all season long. Yeah. Where it was like, oh, oh, like a wow, that wow moment where you typically would see that on like Red Zone or any other Sunday right. when he played in Seattle. Right. And the, and the thing was, is like, I, I was, uh, as every person in Broncos country, we were all super excited about the trade. Sure. And we all thought, man, this team is actually going to be a Super Bowl contender. Maybe not this year, but definitely next year, I, I figure. And I, when Russell Wilson started playing so bad, I'm like, there's no way he fell off the cliff that quick. Right. I mean, and I know a lot of people have mentioned father time and how father time catches up is always undefeated. Yes, but he's not at father time yet. He's only in year 11. Right. He's going into year 12 next year. And so when I saw he said, you know, there are still flashes, you know, and against the Chiefs the first time here at Mile High, you know, they, they had a chance to beat him and Russ looked good. But once they got, you know, the Chargers game in SoFi, right. he looked solid. He showed some flashes, you know, then he goes out and has a really good drive against Jacksonville and London. So it's like there were flashes, but why can't we put together a complete game? Right. And I, I, I said, Maybe Hackett's not the right guy. I thought Kubiak calling plays would help. Mm-hmm. That right. didn't happen, yeah. and that was still rough. But then you go to Alton, and he looks pretty dang good. And, I, and I'll say this. He looked really good in the final game of the season, and this is after his injuries. This is after he got beat right. up. He, he designed a game plan for the personnel in which he exactly. had. Exactly. So available. I will say father time is not here yet for Russell Wilson. Right. There's something to build on. There's some oh, momentum. Sure. And I, for as meaningless of a game as uh, this last Sunday was, it meant a lot, I think, for people like me who still held a little bit of doubt. When it comes to Russ and his fall off, and um, we'll get into the coaching stuff here in a second, but when it comes to Russ, for me, it wasn't necessarily that father time had caught up with him. I just thought he may have fallen out of love with the process. Um, just with his entire off season, he was gone, you know, and just posting to the social media. Right. And, you know, at the time it was like kind of cute and quirky and funny. Um, but then, you know, when you see the results that we did the majority of the season, to me, it kind of was just like, well, maybe he just really doesn't care about winning. And th- again, this is why he has to post on his social media. Like, Working in Monaco, you know, and he has the helmet on and he's like doing, he's just off in a field somewhere, just doing random drills or whatever. Um, So that's where the kind of the the doubt crept in my mind, where it wasn't necessarily that he had lost it physically, but it was more of just like he fell out of love with the process of winning and therefore just inherently lost a bit of a, lost a step physically as well. And yeah, that's what that was my biggest concern is if he's like, OK, I got a bag. I got, you know, control. I got what I want. Maybe I can like tone it down a little bit. And that was my biggest worry is if he was. If he was all in. So. Well, and but also if he was like if he had the ability to self-reflect and be like, oh, I was wrong. And then, you know, change, change his ways. And. I don't know if he could have did that, done that in the middle of the season. I guess this off season we'll 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 see. I, I th- but judging from a lot of his post games the last couple of weeks as well, and when he's talked to the media, he's been a little more open about that. I, I and when th- it comes to Russ, it seems like that's his like 
you know, yeah. as as open he's going to be with the media and saying like, "Hey, I I screwed well, this one." And up he, a bit. you know, he's talked about I'm going to reevaluate everything this year. I mean, right. he, I, it but really, how much is out of lips? It when you really first hear it, you know? that that's true. It really, I think, hit him when they fired Hackett because he goes, "I wish I could have played better for Coach Hackett." Yeah, but does he? And, and 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 what I and I I believe him because I think at that point he finally realized. I'm the guy who co- cost this guy a job, possibly. Yeah. Because I played so bad that nothing worked, and now he's gone. And then when he's gone, he plays better mm. under other circumstances. I think that really – what's the thing? It's like everyone always tells you – like It was like that eureka moment for him almost? Yeah. It's, it's kind of that moment like, oh, crap. Maybe I should rethink things. Right. It's like everyone – we've all done it where – you you you're crazy about that one girl, and everyone tells you, dude, that's a bad idea. Right, right. Dude, blind. Do not do, right. do, leave it alone. Don't keep going, right. and you keep going and keep going, and then at some point you're going to get slapped in the face, sure. not by her, but just metaphorically, right. and maybe, well, by, maybe her, by her. She yeah, might throw yeah, a drink yeah. at your face too, as well. But at some point it's going to hit you where you're like, jeez, oh, yeah. I don't know why, but something will click to where you you change your mind off it. And you're like, yeah, everyone was right. I mean, I, maybe I guess that's, that's time. Yeah, and I would prefer that over, because then to me, just what I ask is like, how did you not see this, Russ? Like, you were on TV just getting blasted yeah, dude. every set. Like, how did you not you? Like, where's the self awareness when it comes to that? Where, but I would much prefer the lack of self awareness leading up to that, and then having that eureka moment, and then changing, as opposed to what we what I thought ultimately Russ might be, which is just a character caricature and honestly it seemed like he was and i can't oh, i can't um remember which podcast oh it's pat mcafee where he was making they were making fun of russ and they said you know russ isn't a quarterback he is an actor playing the role of a quarterback. wow you know he's like i love and there's like wouldn't it be the best troll if like he one day you know russ just like kind of said ha like i just this has just been like a method actor Kind of thing, and I was just playing the role of quarterback, and it's the biggest, you know, uh, bamboozle of all time. So, and that really kind of struck a chord with me. I because it was a troll, and I, I, I didn't want to take it at face value like that. But I mean, it had a little bit of truth to it. Um, but you know, like we said, we and we don't. I don't want to spend this whole podcast uh, talking about Russ because obviously there is a there's um. Bigger topics at play, but you know, I I think overall, just to tie a bow on the conversation, I feel a lot better as someone who, um, and I've just been kind of watching. I haven't been like you know vocally down on Russ. It's just kind of like I've you've been showing me something all season. One or two weeks isn't going to turn that around, um, but I'm more optimistic than I was say before the Chargers game. So let's leave it there at that, and hopefully, you know. He continues to uh, show with his actions that he's uh, he's serious about you know turning this thing around, which he did say, and multiple people have said as well, is that they're going to turn this thing around. Yeah. So actions speak louder than words, and we'll we'll uh, we'll I, see about that. I think I think they'll turn around. I think next year, depending on who this head coach is, sure. I think the Penner Group is going to get it right. And I think this next head coach that comes in, whatever the scenario is, Russ will be playing at a top 15, top 10 level in 2023. 
And I think, and that would be a massive jump, you know, and I think obviously, but I think, you know, the expectation was when Russ got first traded here and yeah, we were a little drunk with um, just like happiness that we thought this quarterback drought was over. I think if you would have said, oh, Russ will be a top 15 quarterback, you'd be like, ah, I prefer him to be top five. But now we're just, we would die for we, top we just 15. want we want average again right but he Denver. also exposed he's just not a top five quarterback and he never will be right. you know it's the system right it's the system not the quarterback so but you did bring it up the next head coach that's obviously the big uh big story big news moving forward uh for at least you know the next week or so um sean payton obviously talked on fox uh, which was which was one of the most awkward <laughs> Weird things when I I saw it on uh, Twitter when they were doing it, he was like Peter Schrager was there, and I don't know Peter Schrager does like Fox stuff. Yeah, he's regularly. Conne- he's connected with Fox. Okay, because I haven't seen I've only obviously seen him on like NFL right um, NFL Network or NFL dot com, and so but it was weird. It was like he was like giving news about himself Peyton was and like breaking down his own situation. Schrager was setting yeah. Sean Peyton up answer his own question yeah it was it was pretty pretty awkward at least in my opinion but um before we get into any of the candidates i just wanted to ask you because you brought something up that was pretty interesting to me and it was um the priority of and i i know I, it was either george payton greg penner or both when they talked in their presser uh after hacky got fired but that the idea of fixing russ wasn't the main driving point in hiring the new head coach, um, which to me makes sense, but it also admits that Russ is broken right. in some some capacity. Right. But then I'll pose the question to you then, what is more important? Is finding a head coach that can, quote-unquote, help fix Russ, or is it a larger... Uh, organi- organizational issue that needs to be addressed first, and then that kind of helps and makes it easier to quote unquote fix for us. I think, and I'd even th- when I was telling you all this stuff before the show, I I, I totally forgot what Penner and George Payton said. And I think yeah. what you were saying, George Payton did say that it's not all about Russ. To me personally, you need to go out and find a uh, find a leader. You need a head coach that's a leader. Yeah. You need a guy who can go out and change the culture of this freaking organization because it's been so bad. Let me stop you there real quick. Change the culture. Give me like three broad topic, like three broad words to what what goes into changing a culture without getting I, too I into the weeds. You're bringing in a guy who can help make executive decisions okay. in the front office. Yep. Okay, you're bringing in a guy who is going to have that. What's what's the right word? The, um, I guess Gravitas. no no bullcrap mentality. Right. Mm-hmm. Guys, we're, we can have fun, but get to work first, right. and then once you're you work hard, you'll be awarded later. Sure, you know someone that's respectful in the locker room, some that the players respect in the locker room, right? And you and know fear a when he bit. come when that coach comes in, it's time to listen, right? You know, it's not bringing Nathaniel Hackett when he walks in, everyone's right. like. Oh my gosh, we're gonna have joke time. Right. Hugs for everybody. You know that's the type of guy this team needs, and then a guy that knows how to fix Russ. 
Okay. You need to bring in the leader first, change the culture, and then that coach finds a way to fix Russ. And what I mean by that Mm -hmm. is it doesn't have to be Sean Payton or Jim Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be this offensive genius as the head coach. Okay. Because we thought we had that with Hackett. And and, and the dude didn't call plays the last three years in Green Bay. Right. I hope everyone realized that. I think, I think, yeah, the vast majority of Broncos right. country either knew it or caught on. Yeah, sure. and, and you're not bringing a guy in. The offensive, the head coach does not have to be the offensive coordinator either. I'd prefer him not to be. I They don't necessarily have to be. Yeah. Sean Payton comes in, he will be calling plays. Yeah. That's just part of it. Right. And it's the same thing we had this year. But, but be, there's a history It'll be there. more effective. There's a track record exactly. with success when it comes to Payton if calling plays. If Jim Harbaugh comes in, he, yeah, he's not no, calling plays. Damn. He he didn't call plays at San Francisco. And if he is, we are in trouble. Yeah, he didn't call plays at San Fran. He didn't right. call plays at Stanford. Right. He didn't call plays at, at Michigan right now. Right. He hires an offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and that's that's where I that's the bit the main focus. One of the the second most important coach on this coaching staff next year is the offensive coordinator. Or I, I I'll rephrase it: play caller. Right. That's who it is. Mm-hmm. If the Broncos go out and find a Jim Harbaugh, maybe he's bringing in Greg Roman. Maybe he's bringing in Schottenheimer. And this goes for Dan Quinn as well. Maybe they bring in a Bevel, a guy that Russ knows, or a a guy that can build an offense for Russ. Bevel knows Russ. Schottenheimer knows Russ. They worked with him in Seattle. Maybe you bring in Greg Roman, who was with Harbaugh in San Francisco, who's working with um, Lamar Jackson now. Mm Mm-hmm. And he could build an offense for Russell Wilson. That's what you need. If Sean Payton's here, fine. Dude, you are the offensive coordinator. You're going to bring in an offensive coordinator, but he's going to be doing what Justin Outen did this year. Right. So basically, the idea of fixing Russ is exactly that. It's an, it's an idea. It's a philosophical shift in how things are going to be ran offensively. Right. It's not a... And that's probably the best case scenario if you're talking about a quarterback that quote unquote needs fixing is it's not anything physical it's not anything mechanical right technical and thankfully he doesn't have like the yips or something it's more of just a scheme he needs a specific scheme to be successful and that the head coach needs to have enough um Again, like I'll use the word I I used a couple minutes ago, like gravitas, enough yep. enough weight, enough reputation, enough respect to come in and say this is what we're running, and when I say jump, you all ask how high. Yeah, and that is that is especially for you, Russ. Exactly. Right. Let me ask you this: If I were to ask you, well, I'll just ask you, <laughs> what was the identity of, of the offense this year? If I, I was to ask, one. if I'll, I'll ask you. What what offense did we run? Whatever Russ wanted to do, it seemed and like. And I don't even think it was even that. I think it was supposed to be a West Coast offense, that's simil- how it similar to Green Bay. That's what Hackett said. I, that's what we thought. We thought we were going to see some RPOs. And at training camp, dude, you didn't see a single RPO that I can remember. Right. Um, oh, at training camp, I wasn't there. so I, I, don't, remember. I don't think I, I saw don't. any in the preseason. And I said, well, maybe I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They don't want to show it to right, people in the preseason. They'll hide it. I don't know what you hide in an RPO, but I, well, I mean, just, just to the get the rhythm. Maybe I mean, you're kind of telling teams, "Hey, 
you don't know if we're going to run RPO or not. It's kind of a but it's kind of we're going to do or not a, do when you have a quarterback under five. You would five think. ten, yeah. And we didn't run it this year. In Semantics, Denver. but yeah. So the offense had no identity. Sure. Well, nothing to hang their hat on. Yeah, you go get one of these guys. They better have an identity. Right. Sean Payton will bring a spread offense with RPO. Right. He'll find a way to get creative with Russ. He'll get him outside the pocket. Guess what? You're going to find an elusive running back like Reggie Bush or somebody like that that can catch passes and go t- take him to the house. Right. You're going to get creative with the offensive weapons. Right. Greg Dulcich, you're Jimmy Graham now. Right. Sp- get spread out wide. You don't need a block. Just go out wide, and you're going to catch passes. Yeah. It's not that freaking right. hard. And I think that's basically – like when we and again, this is kind of like the as we kind of moved through like the first phase of talking about the head coach, um, which is basically what we're doing now um, as we're getting closer to like being able to interview these guys and know who the Broncos are looking for. And um, at this time, we have what six candidates: we have yep. Harbaugh, Sean Payton, Ajero Avero, um, D'Amico Ryan's of San Francisco. Raheem Morris and Dan Quinn. Yep. So six, um, six guys at the six candidates at the moment that the Broncos um, want to interview. But we're gonna we're kind of moving past this thing where how we're describing what we want in the coach is exactly what like the leadership falls into having a plan, having all these things. So it's all kind of and all like encompassing in terms of what we need in in. Like you said, it's a, it's a leadership, a guy who knows what he's going to do. It's kind of all encompassing in that like exactly. leadership umbrella. It's a it's a complete package. I'll tell you two names that are the perfect fit. If you and if if you don't understand what I'm saying, these two names will explain it. Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak, those are the two perfect scenarios for the Broncos. They're not going to happen, right? But that's that kind concept. of head, yeah, that kind of head. That's coach. who you need. Right. One of them guys. Sean Payton's that. Jim Harbaugh is pretty much that. Dan Quinn should be like that. I'm I'm guessing. Yeah, I would man, it's just Jim Harbaugh's like quirkiness is so it's alarming to me. Yeah. Cause what's the one when you talk about Jim Harbaugh specifically, what's like the one inevitable you know is gonna happen? People are gonna grow tired of him. It's it's a matter it's not it's a matter of when, not if but when. Is that a guy that you can really like? I I guess I, you can make an argument for both. If he's you know if he's here for three years, and but he turns the ship around kind of like a John Fox, but like he's almost the opposite of John Fox. But he's you know he's qu- just quirky enough and but knows football well enough to yeah. get the ship right. Yeah, and then. After three years, when that runs out, you get you know your 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 next guy. Okay, so but you, I would much prefer you know someone a little more stoic who's not you know um, you know because Jim Harbaugh the 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 peaks and valleys are really high and really low with him. So you think and with someone like you know a Dan Quinn, I just imagine him a little more stoic and a little more baseline. In that, th- in that kind of I think of like- Dan Quinn will be more like John Fox. Yeah, I agree. He's been to a Super Bowl. Didn't have much success really. He's been with Russ. After it, 
Yeah, he, he was he's there been in with Russ's Russ. glory days. Yep, and and Russ Russ did at his press conference. He, did. he mm-hmm. went out of his way to mention Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn when asked about Jim Harbaugh. Exactly, mm-hmm. and he doesn't really have a relationship with Harbaugh, and I get that. Right. You got to figure out a way. Well, actually, that's maybe not entirely true because they did. They were in the same division for however many. Yeah, years. I mean, I so, guess. You know, as, as yeah, as as close of a relationship you can get as being like yeah. a divisional rival. Um, I don't know how much it goes past that, um, especially with Russ. But I get your point. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's, so basically, the 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Like the positive, the reassuring thing in all of this is it's almost like quote unquote fixing Russ. And fixing the culture are almost like tied to each other, yeah. Because the issue is so so big and it's so like bad, if you will, that they kind of fall under the same umbrella because this ship has been um, so bad for so long, or not so bad for so long. It's just like kind of just gotten out of control. Um, it snowballed into. Into you know what what we're in now, which was just like complete chaos for a little bit. Well, when you I mean go back and look since Gary Kubiak, I mean go back to Gary Kubiak. We had John Fox, but then right. everything got turned into a disaster. Him and Del Rio, John Fox was ready to leave to Chicago. Del Rio was on his way to to Oakland, right? And Adam Gase was the next hot com, com, uh, he's the next next hot head coach candidate. And, you know, there are rumblings. He was going to San Fran, but he didn't interview during the playoffs. It turned into a joke to where the playoff game rolls around and that you got two coaches on your out of your top three are on their way out. Right. So then it turns into a, a disaster. Right. You have, you have uh, personalities of Akib Talib, Chris Harris, TJ Ward, you know, those type of guys bullying players of the offense. Mm-hmm. And who comes in and saves it? Gary Kubiak. Right. Because he told everyone, this is how it's going to go. Right. Believe in it, like it or not, and we're going to have success. And that's what the Broncos need. You then go to Vance Joseph. He had no control of the team. Right. I mean, they're they're trading or releasing TJ Ward, and he didn't even know about it at, right. a, at a press conference. Right. Lost you know? all their dogs. And, and then he, it was a joke. He had no control over the team, couldn't say anything, and the players knew it, and they mm-hmm. found out about it. You know, you go to Vic Fangio. Big Fangio's Mr. Grandpa, and it's just like we can do things, but we just got to get around Vic. You right? Know? We're we're our, we're don't worry about Vic. Vic, we'll just sneak around Vic. Mm. It's like trying to sneak out of the house when Grandpa's there, or something, you know. <laughs> right. And then now you had your favorite uncle, Uncle Nate right. Hackett. Well, we tried to go the exact opposite of Vic. Yeah, is what, which and is it what we didn't work. Right. I need it, I need I need a leader. Yeah, I no, I agree, and again, I think that's all encompassing, and again, I. I and a leader who's going to tell Russ to stop. You, <laughs> right. You're going to find a coach, Russ, knock it off. Right, and even in this conversation of, um, and I know it's kind of specifically geared towards because the the two front runners are Sean Payton, and Jim Harbaugh. Yep, I could do without Harbaugh. To be completely honest with you, I would, I would prefer just not to have Jim Harbaugh here Fair. in Denver, just because I don't trust that he. He uh, he's just like the right demeanor. Right. For, there's just so many things wrong with this organization yeah. that like we need again. We just need like a stoic personality, someone who's just gonna, you know, p- 
be the captain of the ship. You need you need a captain, and that's gonna you know isn't gonna freak out when the waters get really murky yeah. and the storm comes and we're you know people might want to abandon ship and he talks them off and says no, just get back to your post and just get through it. We will get through the storm. Yeah, look we're, look what Phil or uh, where I don't know if Jim Harbaugh would be that kind of person. Look at look at what Jacksonville did with Doug Peterson. Yep, they were struggling, but guess what? Who should low key. Like has a really strong case for coach of the year. I mean, they were they were a disaster as the Jacksonville Jaguars usually are. Broncos beat them in London. Yep, they flipped it around and they stayed the the course. And look where they are. They're right. in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Yeah, with a, a really good seed. So you got to stay the course. You got to find a guy who can lead you the right way. Tell Russ this is not working. Knock it off. Focus. Do it this way. You know. Peyton Manning in 2015, he didn't gel well with Kubiak. Right. But well, yeah, come playoff time, guess what? That's been well documented over time, too, that, you know, a lot of times Peyton and Kubiak, like, butted heads. But the thing was that the coach, Kubiak, had both the, uh, the, the, the power within the organization and, like, the cojones, if you will, to step up and say, like, my word over, like, I'll hear you out, Peyton. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's my decision because I'm the head coach. Kubiak starts and in, ends with me. Kubiak went in there and said, "I've been to seven Super Bowls." Right, I believe seven. That's who. That's and who. I we, think this was his age. that is exactly what we need. Is hey, I'll listen to you. I'll I will listen to all like anything that you think will make the team better. I will listen. Yeah, but I will also like respectfully disagree and not go with it. Right, just because I'm listening doesn't right. mean I'm going to do it. It t- and that's where I think the very like the largest disconnect with Hackett. It it kind of took was- it took Gary Kubiak and Peyton Manning till the final game of the regular season for him to put Peyton back in, and they, him benching Peyton that before that game was pretty. You should have went to back to Peyton instead of mm-hmm. putting him on the bench. But you at halftime you went and told Peyton Osweiler's not getting it done. The offense ain't working. Right, we're going back to you. Get ready, and and that was kind of like you you were grounded for a half. Now we need you. Now go get right. it and save the day. But you do it my way, right. and right. I promise you we'll win. And that's what they did. Come the playoff time, they ran the ball. That go back, go watch that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Peyton was playing chess with Luke Keekley because he was saying, "I'm checking out out of the pass, going to the run. Right, we're right. going to run the ball and play defense. We're going to win this game. Peyton's arm's not going to do it." Oh, right. And yeah, and I think both teams knew that going but, in. But that doesn't happen to any other coach. Right. Tony Dungy, Tony Dungy they're throwing. Uh, Jim Caldwell, they're throwing. Um, John Fox, they're throwing. Gary Kubiak, <laughs> there's a reason. Right. There's a reason. That's who the Broncos well, need, coach like that. And so, good. Yeah, and so it, it's that it, and it starts and ends with we need to hire, you know, and uh, – it's this uh this phrase isn't gonna sit well with Broncos country, but we need a leader of men. It's that simple yeah. and it's it seems simple, it's so much uh more, you know, complicated than that. But um yeah, you know, with the with the list of guys that they've put in put down there, I think um you know, with the six guys again we'll just recap it even though I'm sure it's been hammered home to most of Broncos country by now, but obviously uh Ijero Ivero, who I don't think is even like I would be shocked if he's anywhere in near Denver next year just because he's been too close, I think, to what happened here, and I think he really wants to be a head coach. Um, so, like, maybe Arizona 
you know, that's a good spot or something. Or like even Houston, which yeah. I, eh, good luck, but um, with that whole situation down there. But I don't see Ijeri very. He deserves, I think, an interview, but I don't think um, I don't think he'll be anywhere near Denver. I would like him to, but I don't. I just don't see it. Uh, Dan Quinn of uh, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, defensive coordinator for the 49ers, D'Amico Ryans, um, Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator for the Rams, and then obviously um, Jim Harbaugh and um, Sean, Payton. Sean Payton. Do you think Jerry Rosberg should have no. been on the list? Uh-uh. Because everything that we've discussed in this podcast, would you this episode, would you not say that Jerry Rosberg has – kind of embodied that these last two weeks. It's a small sample size, but I don't you could I, I, don't I don't think you could say no. I don't buy into it. I don't know. I don't think I think he was only good enough for two games. I don't think okay. his You don't think it, it's his model is sustainable over I don't think that model would have worked a whole year. It's it, it would it's be too dry. it would be more like Vic Fangio again. Mm. It's he's going to he's going to sweet talk the media. He's going to get everyone excited like he did Mike Kliss and D-Mac after the very first press conference. But I, I thought I thought that first press conference was boring. It, I did too. When you listen to it. it was, but then you watch him. See, and that's different though. Yeah. Because like, we, because again, we were, you were obviously running the yep. show live. Stoke and Zach cut out of it yeah, after we were, like 90 we, seconds. We all looked at each other like, I was listening to it too. And like, this is boring. You know, he just went and but then you watch it and it's like, his body language is yeah. is so maybe there's I don't know I just think there's something to do with that and after you know Vic Fangio and um, now Nathaniel Hackett it's like I almost want a boring coach who just like doesn't really do much for anyone when he goes and steps to the podium. Bill Belichick like he doesn't do anything he doesn't give you anything he's well, he, boring yeah, he, and he does it on purpose. Well, right, but like <laughs> even back then though he was still like when he was still getting you know his teeth sunk when he wasn't a six-time Super Bowl winner. Right. He was still boring. Um, so, I don't know. That's just a small note. I, it's just kind of an interesting note because we've had the last two coaches, quote-unquote, win the opening presser, and it's been an unmitigated disaster um, both times. But we'll we'll just have to wait and see as um, the head coaching search for the Broncos gets underway. And, you know, it's it's exciting, at least from the list that, let's, that we've seen. Let's so make far. a prediction. By the time we're on, and I don't know our schedule, but we're on every Tuesday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. But let's make your – you make your prediction, I'll make mine, of who the next head coach is of the Denver Broncos, hopefully by the time we're back on this show. <sighs> I think – I really think they want Sean Payton. I think they really want Sean Payton. I don't know if he wants to come here. Um, I think it's going to be Dan Quinn. You think it's Dan Quinn? Mm-hmm. I think it's Sean Payton. I th- because I think they really want him, but it's, it's I up think to they, him. They really want him. I mean, you look at their report from Chef or uh, from Pelicero and Rappaport over the weekend, and it was yes, the Broncos talked to him. I, maybe Schefter was in there too. I mean, they're all starting to blend right. in. But there were reports from one of those three guys that did say, actually it was Rappaport, that they did talk to the Saints. The Broncos right. talked to the Saints. Right. They got the compensation for the trade. Yep, they're and on the, the same Broncos page are right. okay with yeah, it. Yeah, they're on the same page. So to me that says, and I, I, again, it's up to Sean. It, it's up to Sean. Now mm-hmm. you got it on January 17th, 
they will talk to Sean Payton mm-hmm. and say, here's what we want. Do you want to come here? Here's the what, How much money do you want? And if it works out, I think there's no hesitation. He will be the head coach within oh, yeah. a day I, or two yeah, after. Yeah, if Sean, if Sean Payton wants to be here, there was no doubt about it that Sean Payton will be the next yeah. head coach. But Sean Payton also did say on Fox, he said the most important thing isn't the quarterback. It's the owner-GM head coach relationship, that triangle. And if he doesn't agree with George Payton's moves, he doesn't like what George Payton's done, then he ain't coming here unless he can bring his own GM. So we'll say this. Then why even interview with Denver? If you don't respect George Payton, what's the point of it? You just want to hear. I mean, the wealthiest ownership group in the NFL? Money talks. That's what I'm saying. So you you would be foolish not to take the interview. You, yeah, here's or to my, at least talk about. Here's it. the thing: don't forget, a lot of people here at the station, DMac, Stokely and Zach, a mm. lot of guys are sick of George Payton. I'm right. not there yet because for some reason, there's a reason why he is so well respected around the NFL. Dan yeah. Quinn wanted him as a, when he was the assistant in Minnesota to be the GM in, in Atlanta. Mm. When he went down, right? There's something there, and maybe Sean Payton feels that same way, right? Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. That's all I can say. Yeah, we're fixing to find out. We're fixing as, to find uh, out. Gary Kubiak would famously say. So that'll do for this episode of the Producers Podcast. We are back and rearing and ready to go two times a week, every Tuesday and Thursday this year in 2023. It was a great episode, Kevin. It's uh. Good to sit back here with you and just chop up some Broncos. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny because the season's over now. We kind of don't just, like, have this, like, um, this cloud of just, like, negativity and dread that seemed to be over us for basically since t- until Hackett got fired. Basically the end of, like, for me it was since the indie game until Hackett got fired. Um, but now, you know, the skies have opened. Jerry Rossberg kind of showed us, you know, so it's a whole new world. What kind of coach we need? Let me ask you one thing, real quick, on on the way out. Do you think Justin Allen did enough to get an offensive coordinator job somewhere in the league? Uh, and better yet, do you think maybe with the Broncos? Now would you the, want him now, with the Broncos? I don't want him with back with the Broncos. Okay. Maybe you think he's be, done enough. Maybe he'd be tight end coach. I don't care. I don't think he's done enough. Because no. it's pretty different. Okay. No. Just are, curious. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting based off one game. Two. Yeah, but, well, the one game looked way better than any other game. Right. No, not yet. Okay. Yeah, I was just I was just curious. Unless it's, was, a, unless it's a rebuilding that. team. Maybe it's like, like Houston. Carolina or Houston, Houston or something. He, he better have some connections. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> we'll see. But, all right, that'll do it for us. We are, uh, we're a little over time, but that was a good, fun episode, the first one of 2023. Once again, we'll be uploading every Tuesday and Thursday. With uh, We actually added some people to the lineup. We won't spoil it. But, um, yeah, we have, uh, we have a pretty full lineup here on the Producer Podcast. So, we're, uh, we're expanding, and it's uh, – We're hoping to bring some good content to you from behind the glass and behind the scenes here. So once again, my name is John Simmer. I am the producer for the uh, morning show with Shlareth and Evans and the Players Club. That's Kevin Kisner, the producer of Stokely and Zach. Kevin, uh, plug your Twitter real quick. Kisner Radio. There you go, at Kisner Radio. There you go. I don't tweet, so I won't really plug mine. But go follow my boy Kisner. He uh, he puts a lot of articles out and stuff like that, and he's uh, 
He's avid on social media. So thank you all so much for listening. We are out, and we will catch you in the next episode.